are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. As a, as a humble person, um, I wonder how many of you in the room would say, I, I want to see myself as a humble person, but uh, when I look at what the actors are doing, and maybe it's not that overt in my life, but I think I saw glimpses of myself in statements that they made. So, you know, we, we tend to struggle a little bit um, as we move through this life with issues like pride and seeking and desiring to be more humble people. I guess I wonder how many of you would just say this, just you, you're okay with saying it, uh, this is where you are, and so you just say, Pastor Rick, I'm really proud of my humility. How many of you would just, you can't really do that, can you? Because then it's not humility because pride is the antithesis of humility. So if that's what humility is not, let's talk about what humility is. So let me give you a definition, okay? Uh, humility is the quality of being humble. Now that settles it. We're all good, right? Uh, while humility and humble are described by words like meekness and modesty, there's more about what humility is not than what it is when you look up dictionary definitions for humility. So humility is not proud or not arrogant, or not haughty, or not vain, or not boastful, or not conceited, or not narcissistic. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And so when you think about your own life today, I'm just wanting you to think with me a little bit about this idea of humility and pride. And if humility is over here and pride is over here, where do you think you are on the continuum? Do you see yourself as a prideful person, or do you see yourself more as a humble person? You don't really need a definition. I think you know it when you see it. So if you love watching sports, you might see an athlete maybe have the greatest performance of their career. And after the game is over, a commentator sticks a microphone in the face of the person and says... That may very well be the greatest performance of your entire career. What do you have to say for yourself? And, and I think we all have a sigh of relief when the person says, this was a team effort. And I want to thank all of my coaches, and I want to thank God, and everybody that, I mean, this was not just about me. This was a team thing, you know. And what makes us more frustrated than anything else and makes people very unlikable is when we see nothing but arrogance in that moment. So when Simon Peter writes this group of Christians who are being persecuted because of their faith, and he is now going to say to them, hey, listen, there are some things that are essential in this Christian life because in times of crisis, we only focus on what's essential. He says, this is what's essential, okay? It's simply this, living a life of humility in our relationship to God and in our relationships with one another. So it's a matter of me coming before God saying, God, I need you desperately. I'm nothing without you and meaning it. And then in our relationships with one another, not being prideful or conceited or boastful or anything else, but living in those relationships with lots of humility. I don't typically do this, but I'm going to summarize what I'm going to read to you. And then I'm going to read it to you. And then we're going to talk about what I read to you. You ready? So Simon Peter writes these Christians in today what is modern-day Turkey, 
people who are suffering because of their faith in Jesus. And he says, so if you're a pastor or an elder, I really think you should be very concerned in how you care for God's people. I think your attitude is really important. And I don't think you should ever lord over any of these people. And then he says, which is my favorite part of the passage, if you are a person in the congregation, you should pay attention to what the pastor says. And you should follow their instruction. And you're kind of going, so what are you trying to get at? Because it seems like there's something else being said. He says, yeah, I am trying to get at something else. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. All of you, pastor and people and everybody else, you should clothe yourselves with humility in your relationships with each other. And then you should live humbly before God. So here we go. You ready? First Peter chapter 5, verse 1. So to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. So Paul says, I'm also a pastor, an overseer of God's people, and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock. So if Paul were talking directly in our context, he would say, hey, Rick Harvey, hey, Chris Holcomb, hey, Timmy Riggs, hey, Casey Myers, on down the list, hey, Mike Brooks, hey, Lewis McLean, be shepherds of God's people that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you. But being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, and he's really not talking about so much younger in age, but those who are congregants, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you. This is the bottom line. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because, you ready for this? How does God feel about proud people? God opposes the proud. God says, I'm done with the proud. But he shows favor to people who are humble. So, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. My wife Annette and I had some friends who visited us this past week for a couple of days. And so on Saturday morning, we had made plans to meet a couple for brunch. Now here's what's interesting about the couple that we met for brunch. 30 years ago, we were in seminary, all six of us together. But we haven't seen this other couple for 30 years. They were moving to the Oklahoma City area. We heard they were. We called them and said, hey, our friends are in town. Would the six of us maybe get together for brunch? It would be fun for all of us to catch up. And so we did. We had a great meal together, and we talked about kids and grandkids and where we've all pastored and what we've all done. And then we got ready to leave, walk out of the restaurant, and we're standing in the parking lot. And the guy who has just moved to the area says, wait a minute, nobody leaves. And he holds up his phone, and he says, everybody lean in. And we all leaned in, and he took a picture. And within 15 minutes, we had it on Facebook, right? Because that's the way we live today. So, interesting. Samsung said that people who are being raised in this era, people who are growing up in this era, so, hey gang, how are y'all? 
talking about you right here, some of you, many others in the room, you will probably take an average in your lifetime 25,000 selfies. Sounds excessive, doesn't it? Study done by Samsung says the person who is being raised in this era will probably in their lifetime take 25,000 selfies. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong or bad with taking selfies. I'm not saying we shouldn't be taking selfies. It just seems like that we are overly inflated with self-regard these days, if you know what I mean. So we come to church on Sunday morning, and you're like, if I could pick any subject for the pastor to preach on, I don't know that I would pick humility. I don't know that I would think that's what I really want and need to hear about. So why, Pastor Rick, is Simon Peter writing about humility and why is it that I come to church on Sunday morning and you stand up and say, we're going to dedicate these next 30 minutes to talking about humility? You want to know why? Here's why. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but God shows favor to the humble. And so obviously to God, humility is a really big deal. And apparently to God, pride is a really bad deal. Let, let me give you some other scriptures. Here's one in Proverbs 16. It says, The Lord detests all who are proud at heart, and they will not go unpunished. So why is this pride, this combination of being so self-absorbed and, you know, really overestimating our own uh, maybe value or significance, why is it such a big deal in the eyes of God? Let, let, me, let me give you the reason, Okay. Pride goes before destruction, Proverbs 16, 18, and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we're going to talk about that for a minute. There's been times over the years where we've talked about the fact that sometimes God says, no, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't live that way. Don't, don't act that way. Don't do those things. What, what we call those things are sins. And so God often in His Word says, do not. When we've had this conversation before, we've reminded ourselves that God loves us very much. He's nuts about us. He's crazy about us. He wants our lives to be good and awesome and great. He wants us to grow and develop. And He wants us to love life and live it to the fullest and have life abundantly according to His Word. So why is God saying, don't do certain things? If God loves us this much, the only reason, the only reason God ever says no, the only reason God ever says don't, the only reason God ever says you shouldn't is because it's not good for you. That's the only reason. God wants your life to be great. He wants your life to be awesome. He wants your life to be full. And He knows that if you participate in certain behavior, it's going to be bad for you. The argument here is the same. The only reason God opposes pride, the only reason God talks so specifically about you and I not being people who are prideful and arrogant and boastful and narcissistic and all of those things is because God is saying it is the worst thing for you. It's really bad for your relationships with one another, and it's really bad, God says, for your relationship with me. And I don't want you living that life. I've got better dreams for you than that. So, 
Let's go back 2,000 years ago and dive in and try to figure out what is happening there and how it applies to our life today. So you got up this morning, you said, I'm going to go to church. And so you got in your car and you drove to this building. Now, normally we would be worshiping in the other room, but it's being remodeled right now. You understand that 2,000 years ago, they didn't have buildings like this. They didn't exist. The Jews had synagogues, but the Christians, when Simon Peter writes his letter, had no buildings. Well, how is he writing to all these different churches? Because when I think of church, I think about this. It's actually congregations of people, small congregations of maybe no more than 30 people, who met in houses and probably more commonly outdoors at a home. Now, Paul planted these little house churches. And everywhere he planted a little house church, he ordained an elder to watch over that congregation. Often they would have administrative responsibilities that they would teach, but basically they were the pastor of this house church, this, this coming together, ecclesia, gathering of people to worship Jesus. And so he says to these pastors of these house churches, you really have to take good care of the people that's been entrusted to you. And you don't want to lord over them. You don't want to have a boastful, prideful attitude. You want to be humble. You want to take good care of these people. And then he says to the people, and you want to follow your pastor because he's trying to instruct you in the Word. So you've got to ask yourself, but what is going on that makes Paul say that? And you've got an attitude that you've got some pastors who have some really kind of bad attitudes. And they're kind of, you know, lording over people. And they're not very humble. And they're kind of arrogant. And you've got some people that are listening to the pastor saying, that guy can't teach me anything. I already know it all. And finally he says, this is what we're dealing with. This is what it's about. I want every one of you to simply do this one thing, and that is all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Get off your high horses, put off with your airs, humble yourself, and get along with each other. That's what you got to do. That's what it's about. And then he says, and while you're at it, Humble yourself before God. Said, it's not a matter of saying to God, it, it's okay, God, I got it. I can handle this part. It's saying, God, I, I don't have it. I can't handle anything. I need you desperately every moment of my life. Without you, I'm nothing. See, humility is that virtue where we realize our dependence on God. All right, so let's take the time that we have left, which isn't a lot, but let's talk about what this idea of humility um, means to you and me today and how it gets executed in our life. You ready? So C.S. Lewis probably didn't say this, but everybody says that he said it, but we can't find anywhere that it's written down that he said it. Ever watch the Andy Griffith show? It's like the time that Andy Griffith said to Barney Fife, Barney, Calvin Coolidge didn't say everything. All right? 
So C.S. Lewis didn't say everything either. And C.S. Lewis probably didn't say this, although everybody says C.S. Lewis said it. He probably didn't say it, all right? So this is the quote that C.S. Lewis did not say, all right? So you can just write it down because you'll love it. And then after it's written it down, just put not C.S. Lewis, okay? So here we go. Humility, we've been talking about a lot, is not thinking less of yourself. Well, if humility is not thinking less of yourself, then what is humility? Humility, C.S. Lewis did not say, is thinking of yourself less. Big difference in the two. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Now, now let's flesh that out a little bit. Let me give you a continuum, okay? So if on this side you have prideful and arrogant, and on this side is to be humble, humility, you understand that what we all desire in our lives, and, and I would think most people would love to have this in their life, even people who aren't really super excited about knowing or serving Jesus, I think would say, you know, it's, it's better to be more humble than to be more prideful or arrogant. But for Christians, it's essential that we live a life of humility. And so we're always trying to move in that direction. And so you may say, if it's from here to here, Pastor Rick, I see myself here, or I see myself here or here. What's important is that you say, I'm moving in that direction. My life is going somewhere, and the direction my life is going is toward humility. I'm not going to live over here as a prideful, arrogant person. I want to be more humble than I am today. So how do I get from here to there. How do I keep moving in that direction? And C.S. Lewis did not say that the way you get there is by thinking of yourself less. Now, let me explain what that means. Let's say that you, you think that you are a pretty good parent. I'm not the best parent in the world, but, but I think I've done a pretty good job. I try hard. I work at it really hard. My spouse says to me, you're a good parent. So what would be the value of me getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror and saying, I'm a horrible parent? No, that would be stupid. Or what if I really work hard at being a good husband? And I know that I'm a pretty good husband and I'm being a better husband. I'm making progress as a husband. Why would I ever get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I'm a, I'm a horrible husband. I'm not a very good husband. Well, number one, I wouldn't believe in it. It doesn't make any sense. There's no value in any of us getting up in the morning, looking ourselves in the mirror and just saying, I'm a pathetic mess. If I'm not a pathetic mess. It's not a matter of thinking less of yourself. Why would you do that? Well, I'm trying to think less of myself. I'm trying to be a more humble person. And so I'm trying to think less. Of my... No, no, no. That's not how you get there. It's not by thinking less of yourself. It's by thinking of yourself less. So if I'm thinking of myself less. Then who am I thinking of more? others. See, if I'm, if I'm thinking of myself less, then I'm thinking of you more. It's that simple. Do you remember Paul in the book of second, or rather second chapter of Philippians? And, and, and he says, um, why don't you not look to your own interest? But what if you look to the interest of others? What, what, what do you mean? And he says, well, I mean this. What if you had the mindset of Jesus? 
Well, tell me about Jesus' mindset, Paul. And he says, well, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. No, instead, he took on the nature of a servant. And he got on his knees with a basin and a towel. And he washed the dirty feet of his disciples. Their feet need washing? I could wash feet. And so it's not thinking less of myself. There's this place for a healthy self-confidence. There's a place for a healthy self-esteem. There's a place for a healthy self-worth. It's not thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less. And therefore, I'm thinking of others more. So if you say, Rick, I, uh, I don't feel like I'm very teachable <laughs> because I don't think there's many people who can teach me anything. I think I know quite a bit. That's probably pride. Oh, I know it doesn't sound good, Pastor, but when I see people who are different from me or don't have as much as I have, I probably think less of them. See, I think that's pride. I don't want to be prideful. I want to be humble. How do I move from pride to humility? It's not by thinking less of myself. It's by thinking of myself less. And putting others first. So you might ask me, Rick, uh, you have pride? I do. I do. Um, you want to see a picture of my pride? That's my only granddaughter. Her name is Sadie. She just turned six, and Sadie uh, went to kindergarten this past week, and that's her I'm going to kindergarten picture. I don't think it's a pride that doesn't honor God, though. I think it's a good pride. I, I think God loves the fact that Annette and I are nuts about Sadie. I think it's a good thing. You, you might contrast that, though, with another idea, okay? And here's the other idea. Let's say that, um, you know, you're here last Sunday, and, um, and I'm walking out into the foyer, and you're out in the foyer, and you go, hey, pastor, you know, and I walk over, and you say, listen, let me just tell you, that sermon was so good. And I say, I know, wasn't it? I killed it in there. At one point, I wished I could have sat down and taken notes on myself. That's how good. <laughs> and, and, and your heart would be broken. Because what you would hope to hear is, you know, well, well, if anything good happened today, it's because God did it. Because every Sunday I walk in the room feeling like, even though I've prepared to the best of my ability, I have so little to offer. And if God doesn't do something with it, we've got nothing. That's what you want to hear. And that's what you want my heart to be. 
I know, I know. So maybe we could do this together. Maybe we could bow our heads. And maybe we could, um, maybe we could ask God a question. Now, I'm not saying to ask your spouse, do you think I'm humble? You probably are not going to love the response. Or maybe you don't want to even ask a friend. But, but in these moments, could we do this? Could you just say, um, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you search my heart? And would you show me what you see? And is your dream for me to think of myself less? And to think of others more? Could I somehow, Father, gain the mindset of Jesus? Who said there's no task below me? And was willing to get on his knees and wash the feet of his disciples? And so let's continue to pray with these words, okay? You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.